Welcome back, everybody, to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I am Mike Maddox. I am your host. I bring you this show every week, rain or shine, snow, sleet, hail, nothing stops me from doing this. I get up and just eager to do this show with you, and I'm so glad you're listening. And I'm really eager to do the show this week because my guest is a longtime friend and a super fascinating guest. You guys are going to really enjoy what we hear from John Mashney. John, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike. It's awesome to be with you. You know, John, I want to start with just having you talk about the different things that you're involved with, because I was going to say, are you an entrepreneur? But I don't need to ask you that, because when I look at so many things that you do, you might be the definition of entrepreneur for me. So, you know, John, you're an attorney, you're a trusted advisor, business advisor to business owners, artists, entrepreneurs. Where you work as an attorney is tailored English Duma. You're an adjunct professor at Western Michigan, and you're an author of now four books that have been published, including some Amazon bestsellers. So, I mean, fill in some gaps here. When do you sleep? <laughs> that maybe is a true weakness, poor sleeping habits, for sure. <laughs> Honestly, all that stuff, yeah, is just comes from my interests, right? I love, I went to film school many, many, many years ago, love telling stories, and that translated into being involved with business and audio and video and media and marketing and all that kind of stuff. So I did that for about 10 years before I went to law school. And then in law school, I knew that I really liked working with entrepreneurs and business owners and creative people. And that led me to kind of a business track and intellectual property track. And so then, you know, started, you know, just learning business law, practicing in that area. And a few years after law school, I started to realize I have to keep writing and telling stories. And that's when a lot of my writing really took off. I wrote over 100 articles, like nonfiction type articles. And then I was working on a longer book. And I'd actually written a few screenplays, too. So I just love telling stories. And I really had no time. And so it really pressed me or forced me to realize, like, how can I tell stories in a way where I don't have very much time? And that's what led to the children's books where I could create stories that I'd really just told my kids. I had no intention of like becoming a children's book author because I just am so busy with a law practice, teaching, I produce movies. And so I just had no time. And then the children's books, I figured out I could do that with my spare time. And it just turned into something super fun I get to do with my kids. Well, and I think, you know, knowing you, that was the key aspect of it is the first book, actually all of them are children's books, but the first one, especially what drew you to it was it was a project you could and did do with your kids. So they helped you write it. So this was a way for you to be intentionally involved with them in a passion of yours, which became a passion of theirs, right? Yeah. And I actually wrote an article called Your Kids Are Horrible Business Partners, But Wonderful Advisors, right? <laughs> so it, it really talked about exactly this idea of like building something with your kids. Because I think in business and being entrepreneurial, one of the hardest things that I struggle with is how to show my kids part of my life, what I'm thinking about, how I'm acting professionally. It's really hard. You know, for me, if my kids said, Dad, we want to go to work with you, it would literally be like me on the phone or me typing all day. That's it. Like, there's nothing to be like, your job is horrible, right? And maybe my job is horrible sometimes, but the reality is I wanted a way to collaborate them and teach them how to be an entrepreneur, how to create something, how to take an idea and not wait for somebody else to say, oh, let's do it. How to say, hey, I have an idea. I'm going to do it. Like, what does that mean? And so I just wanted to be that person for them that says, hey, let's do something fun and a little bit crazy, but let's do it together. That's completely inspirational to me. And I think you're right. 
Yeah, I've had my kids. I have five kids and I've had all of them at one point or another come to work with me. And it's been horrible for them because it's been exactly what you described. It's been me on the phone or on Teams calls or at my keyboard. And they're looking at me like, in fact, all of them did not go into business for that reason. They're like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not sitting in that chair doing that, you know. But they're involved in other things that they're passionate about. So I give you a lot of credit for leaning in. And that had to be a tremendous experience. I also love, you know, your statement that they're horrible business partners, but great advisors. <laughs> That's right. When they're like, Dad, I'm going to do this or, you know, hey, kids, can you help with this? It's like, no, it's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, the reality <laughs> is I wrote the books, but it was inspired by them. Right. And like, that's yeah. the truth. But I would say it's kind of like having a muse in some ways. Right. Like it's priceless to see your kids open up a book and see their name on the dedication page and just kind of their face completely light up or going into you know a kindergartner's classroom and reading a book to their class and their name is in the book right their name is the main character and just my daughter esme picked out a dress a week in advance on the day that i was going to come in and she was so excited right and it's actually in the book, the name of the character was her name. And just like that to me is, I don't care how much it's, money someone's yeah. going to say, it's worth it. was it, worth it, all of it right there. It's priceless, right? That's fantastic. And we're out of time in this segment. I appreciate you sharing that with us. We're going to come back after this and we're going to talk about EOS and what EOS has meant to John. As you can tell already, he's an entrepreneur and involved in so many things. John's been my attorney for years. And one of the things I appreciate about you, John, is your entrepreneurial mind. And the listeners will get an appreciation just having heard you describe the things that you do. Your entrepreneurial mind helps entrepreneurs like me because you get us, like you are us, right? So that matters. And so we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how EOS has been a part of that. And uh, don't go anywhere. This is getting a grip on the Michigan Business Network, and we will be right back after this. The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. And welcome back once again to Getting Your Grip on the Michigan Business Network. This show airs every Monday, and then I think on Tuesday, and probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm not sure, but it airs a lot. So if you go to Michigan Business Network, look it up. There's a bunch of radio shows on there, a bunch of podcasts, none as good as Getting a Grip, but the others are decent. So check them out. And my guest this week is John Mashney. On this program, we talk about entrepreneurialism, we talk about EOS, John, our listeners, if they heard segment one, know you are the definition of an entrepreneur. Let's shift gears and talk about EOS. What has EOS meant to you in your entrepreneurial efforts and how you approach either your business life and the different things you do or your personal life? Where has it had the most impact? Yeah, that's a great question. So I first learned about EOS from our mutual friend, Ryan Henry, and you know, would just become an implementer. And 
was really, I think, trying to get me to become an implementer and saying like, you know, let me tell you all about this. And what I learned was tremendous, right? One was I needed a way to have structure and order, not just in my personal life, but also in a business and inside of a business. You know, it's really entrepreneurial operating system. And that's what entrepreneurs need. They need a system to bring order to the chaos that is most of our lives. So number one, just learning the system, I think a couple just highlights for me were having a way to address issues and have it kind of be a part of the system rather than letting issues fester. Because I think a lot of times in organizations, when there's a problem, either there's a blow up and people kind of fight and there's a dispute, or they just fester and they stick around and they just grow. Problems never get smaller, right? It's just that's the rule of life. If you don't address a problem, it never gets smaller, right? It just either you know, creates more problems, those problems create other problems, and then it just gets worse. So EOS to me was a great just realization that there has to be a way in any business where issues get addressed, number one. I think number two, having true accountability, right? There's lots of people who talk about accountability, right? I read a number of books. I mean, accountability is so important, but just having a structure to create accountability in an organization right through an accountability chart and you know having a system to address accountability and hold people accountable right you can't be afraid of accountability in any type of organizational structure it's particularly as an entrepreneur there has to be accountability to move forward so i think just from a personal level those areas just having a structure to bring those two areas right to me and to a business has been amazing i think also one of the things that people in the business community need to understand is EOS is not like a fad, right? It's here to stay. There are many, many people where EOS is changing their businesses, changing their lives. I think as someone that advises businesses, understanding EOS and the terminology even, it's extremely helpful, right? Like, so if someone comes and says, I was talking to my integrator and we were in our, you know, L10 meeting and like all these terms come up, most people would say like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what an integrator is, right? For me, just understanding how people in EOS systems and structures talk and work, it's actually helped my law practice, right? Like, what do I know? If I'm talking to a visionary as a lawyer, like, frankly, visionaries don't like lawyers very much. Well, really, nobody likes lawyers very much, but particularly (laughs) visionaries, right? So what I know is, you know, if I'm talking to a visionary, I will say, like, can we get your assistant on the phone or can we make sure the integrator's on the call, right? Because like there are many visionaries that have a lot of integrator or very high integrator scores or tendencies. And in that case, yeah, they're really good at following up. But if you just have a pure visionary, that's like a 95 on the visionary score and then like a 10 on integrator, right? Nothing is going to happen. You'll have a great phone call or a great meeting and let's do this. And, and unless I drive it right, nothing will happen. And then, you know, somebody else will come back and say, why did you do all these projects? Like, why is the bill so high? It's like, well, we talked about this, right? And they're like, I have no recollection, right? Like that's exactly what will happen, right? Yeah. So you just need to understand, right? Can we get your assistant on the phone? Can we make sure the integrator's present? Or you know what? Can I just talk to the integrator, right? Let's just, you know, bypass the visionary, not in a mean way, but just understanding like that's the structure and that exists for a reason. So that has been tremendously helpful. I think too, you know, Bob Schenefeld being involved, his group for visionaries has been incredible, right? Just in terms of bringing an EOS structure and particularly caring about the visionary role and the visionary seat. That's been instrumental with me. Like Bob is the one who said, John, you're a visionary. And I said, well, I'm not in a visionary seat in an EOS structure. And he goes, 
John, just stop talking. You're a visionary. Just trust me, right? And that led to so many really cool things, relationships, and just great experiences, great educational opportunities. Yeah, it's such a good point. You know, as a visionary myself, and if you're new to EOS and you don't know what that means, a visionary role in an EOS structure is the person who loves the big ideas, loves, you know, the big relationships, loves to try to see around the corners, loves to look at everything from 10,000 feet, has ideas coming to him all the time. Very entrepreneurial, very energized, not typically good at detailed follow-up, right? I mean, although there are some visionaries, as you noted, that can do that as well, but in a general rule, they're not that good at that. So as a visionary myself, that resonates with me when you understand that that is your skill or, you know, you're loving great, you can start to be free to pursue those things and then have other people fill in the gaps where you're not so good. Maybe it's detail follow-up. Maybe it's, you know, getting into the minutiae or the details of like, you know, bring the assistant on kind of thing. So incredibly liberating to realize that. And Coach Bob is, you know, the best in the business at seeing that and others as a visionary himself. So we'll come back after this. We're going to talk more about what EOS has meant to John. And we'll talk more about visionaries and integrators, and we have much more to get to. So do not go away. You're listening to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back again to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I always hesitate there, John, because I did a podcast for years called Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network. And so I got so used to doing it. It was like 11 years that when we come back from break, I always go, welcome back to Getting a Grip on the Michigan. (laughs) So, but this show, Getting a Grip, is talking about entrepreneurialism, EOS, what EOS means to entrepreneurs, how it can change your life. It can change your business as it has mine, as it has John's. And if you're just joining us, John is an entrepreneur, visionary, he's an attorney, he's a professor, he's an author of best-selling books. He's an advisor to business owners and entrepreneurs and artists, yours truly being one of the people he advises. And so, John, you know, we talked about EOS and what it's meant to you and all the hats that you have on and all the different roles that you play. I want to talk about, because I think there's a myth that EOS doesn't work if you're really small as an organization, if you're a single entrepreneur, or if you have a small business of three, five, six people, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think to me, it's probably somebody just making an excuse, right? Because like, I don't know if you say EOS doesn't work, I'm not really sure what that means. I mean, <laughs> EOS is literally just a collection of principles that aren't new. It's just, you know, a very excellent collection of really timeless business principles that are organized in a way to force you to grow essentially right and move forward like i mean could you say your business doesn't need accountability right could you say your business doesn't need some format to address issues could you say your business doesn't need an ability to know important data metrics like on a scorecard right are you saying like none of those things would apply and you're literally listening to someone who 
when Ryan Henry told me about EOS, I tried to self-implement EOS in a one-person business, yeah. my right business, right? Like, so I had a level 10 meeting, 90 minutes, I blocked off in my calendar. I went into a conference room by myself, had a scorecard, created issues list. I was visionary integrator, head of sales, head of ops, right? Head of all of it. Right. And I was doing a level 10 meeting by myself. And Ryan Henry, I told him that and he was just kind of laughed at me and was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just <laughs> running EOS, man. Let's here we go. Right. Like, this yeah. is it. And it's like, I think that you can take the principle, certainly. Like, does it mean you have to hire an implementer right away? Like sometimes you might say the cost doesn't make sense. But look, the bottom line is that you need accountability. You need processes. You need a scorecard. You need accountability. You need an issues list. Because the reality of business is you have to grow because of inflation, just because of how the business world works. If you don't grow, you're going to go backwards. You're going to lose people. You're going to lose market share. You have to grow. So you need some business system to do that. And if you don't have a business system or if you think you don't have a business system, it doesn't mean you don't have one. It just might mean that you don't have a good one. Yeah. Right. So. To me, it's you can do it. It's more of are you entrepreneurial and are you trying to grow? You know, it's interesting that you brought up that point that you ran EOS as a sole entrepreneur. And another place where it happens all over the place are EOS implementers. So EOS implementers, some of them have a practice where they might have an integrator or an assistant or they may have you know more people. But most of us are pretty lonely. We're independent sole proprietors. I do the same thing with my EOS business. You know, I have a VTO, a vision traction organizer, where I've spelled out my vision. I have my five-year, not my 10-year, but I have my five-year target, my three-year, my one-year, my 90-day, my rocks, my issues, my metrics. Yeah, I guess the question would be, how would you run a successful business without those things? If you're not setting the vision, if you're not identifying where you want to be in five or 10 years, if you're not identifying what that means where you have to be in three years, if you're not breaking that down to a one-year set of goals and objectives, and then measuring your progress, you're just hallucinating. I mean, you're just you know flailing in the wind, right? So, and then as far as the L10 meeting, I've heard of sole entrepreneurs either doing what you did, which I'm a, a big fan of, sit down and intentionally go through your metrics, have your own L10 meeting, create your issues. It's just like a clarity break, another EOS tool where you sit down and you think, what isn't working? You know, what is it either business or personal that isn't working and you create your issues and then go about trying to resolve those issues. But Either that or I've heard of other entrepreneurs getting together with other sole proprietors and having an L10 for an accountability partner. All good ideas. But either way, I love the way you encapsulated it. It's a set of core timeless business principles that have been brought together into a system that work. So it doesn't matter if you're one person or a thousand people. They're the same principles, right? Yeah. You still have to hold people accountable. You still have to address issues. You still have to keep track of data. It's more of just a system to do those things and force you to do it as an entrepreneur because sometimes it's not easy to do it on your own. I think Ryan probably envisioned you in your L10 meeting like arguing with yourself about an issue. (laughs) You're nuts, John. You're nuts if you think we can do that. No, I actually think I'm not nuts. I think you're nuts. So if you get to that point, that might be a little bit bit awkward. Yeah, I was in every seat. I think I did have a virtual assistant at the time. Maybe I was like, had one seat that was not me, but yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, thanks for that, John. It's very helpful. And I could not agree more, man. You're good at describing us. I'm going to bring you with me on my U.S. workshops, <laughs> on my 90 minute meetings for companies interested in the U.S. I'm just going to sit back and go, 
John's going to tell you about it. And if you're interested, I'll come in and help you. <laughs> love it. I love it. We're coming back right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins and Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back once again to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. We're glad that you are listening and you're choosing to spend some of your day with us, whether you're in your office, your home, driving down the road. If you're driving, I hope you're listening to the audio and not watching the video. I'm told that most people prefer when I'm on audio to when I'm on video anyway. So I'm not sure what that means, but people keep telling me that. Anyway, my guest is John Mashney. He's an attorney, he's an author, he's an entrepreneur, he's a professor. He does a lot of things. We're talking about what EOS has meant in his entrepreneurial journey. And John, in this segment, I want to talk about some of the tools. So this is an interesting topic to me because I was actually giving a presentation this morning to a group of business people, and some of them run on EOS and some don't. And after the presentation, we started talking about EOS. And so I gave him the overview, just a brief overview. These are the foundational elements of EOS, you know, creating a vision that's followed by all, having good data metrics and accountability for those metrics, ensuring that you have the right people in the right seats and that you have that set up that you've identified and you're following core processes in your business, that you're identifying issues and resolving them forever, not just leaving them to stagnate. You talked about how Issues don't get smaller. Problems don't go away on their own, but hitting them head on, ripping them out at the root and creating real traction. I gave them that, but then one of the companies that has run on EOS for years said, you know, the thing that always gets left out by implementers like Mike is the tools. There's like, you know, dozens of tools that come with EOS. And when you hire an implementer, they teach you these tools and they're impactful. So I'd love to get your take on what are some of the tools that you've used that have stood out for you and had an impact in your life? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think, you know, frankly, I'm not sure if it's a tool, but just the idea structure to me is phenomenal, like, you know, to resolve issues. Yeah. Uh, to me, and this is something I learned from Coach Bob, Bob Schenefeld. He said, when you state your issue, you have to state it in one sentence. And if you think about it, it's actually a very unique skill. You might say, well, what's your issue? Like, let's talk about what the problem is. And you hear someone go on for about five minutes. Yeah. And you say, well, wait, I have no idea what your issue is after listening to you for five minutes. I mean, I hear about all these things, but let's state it in one sentence, right? So we can identify, right? Define, solve, or, you know, discuss, solve. But like, to me, learning how to actually state an issue that you can discuss and try to solve, to me, is an incredible, like, tool that's part of EOS, just saying let's state the issue right so we can discuss it and solve it so that's one it all starts there doesn't it i mean you're right and i can't tell you how many l10 meetings if you're new to us an l10 meeting is how we run our meetings by a certain format that's meant to make the meeting an impactful and meaningful meeting a 10 on a scale of one to ten but part of that is ids identify discuss and solve and you're right john i can't tell you how many l10 meetings i've sat in 
and some facilitated where the person stating the issue goes on for minutes, right? And you don't know what the issue is. So that discipline of saying, here's my problem, here's my issue, like one sentence. Now, and sometimes it's not the real issue. I mean, sometimes it's a symptom, right? And that's what the group will help you do is go away. I don't know if that's really the issue. I think there's something bigger at play and we should probably talk about that. But that discipline is where it starts. So I think you're right. I agree with you on the IDS tool. That's a tremendous way to get to the real meat of what you're trying to solve. One thing, too, I think is unique is using the core values as part of you know your people, you know, people analyzer. To me, I love here's an example. If you have, you know, 25 core values, do you really have any? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and to me. I love the focus on not just having core values and defining them and having a story told around them so you can properly communicate them, but also having core values and then using them to define who's allowed into the organization, right? Like you have to exhibit the core values most of the time to even be hired, right? And to stay at a part of the organization. So not just having core values, but then being accountable or holding people accountable to living the core values. Like that's incredible as part of the people tools that are a part of EOS. To me, that's another piece. Maybe it's a little underrated, but I just think it's super valuable, especially when people in the workplace or people in professional settings, I think are hypersensitive to like hypocritical, you know, leaders, meaning like they see one thing and then they, you know, hear something else. And it's like, well, wait a sec. Right. So I think that's another really important area, too, is just using their core values. Yeah, your core values, I mean, what's really important about core values is they can't be aspirational. I mean, they have to be what your leadership team lives out day in and day out. I mean, if they're aspirational, what you'd like to be, they're not really your core values. Your core values, I always tell clients when we're coaching on core values that we're not going to create your core values. Your core values already exist. We're just going to identify them. And then once they're identified, I love what you said you know, we hire, we fire, we reward, we recognize, we promote, all based on core values. What we used to do in my company, ASK in Lansing, Michigan, is the first interview, I was the visionary, and the first interview was with me. And I would not have read their resume intentionally. I didn't even know what job they were applying for. So they would come out, it was 15 minutes, and I would say, so thank you for coming in. I haven't read your resume, and I don't even know what job you're applying for. And they would always look at me like, this guy's nuts. But I would add, the only thing I want to talk to you about is our core values. I'm going to tell you who we are and what we're about. And I want to discuss whether you're like that or not. Because if you don't share our core values, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means you're not going to like it here. We're probably not going to like you eventually. So we should weed that out right now and find out if we're aligned. And what I found was it was incredibly powerful for drawing in the people we wanted. And those people that shared those core values would you know, do anything to come work for us at that point. They're like, that's where I want to work, right? Without even knowing the salary or anything else, they were just fired up. So it is powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And man, we got on core values and we went over time. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. There's some commercials that you're all going to listen to. And when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to get into more of this with John Mashney. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network.
Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back, everybody, to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you're with us. John Mashney is my guest. John is an attorney with Taylor English Duma. He's an adjunct professor at Western Michigan, the Western Michigan University. He's an author. He's an advisor to businesses, to entrepreneurs, to artists. John does a lot of things. And he operates his various business endeavors on EOS. And we're talking about EOS tools. And John, in the last segment, we talked about a couple of really important tools and had a conversation about core values. I want to talk a little bit about Clarity Breaks, because the Clarity Break is an impactful tool that when I first heard about it, I thought, yeah, I don't know if I get that, right? Because people would say to me, EOS implementers and others would be like, well, Clarity Break. You know, I had the vision of going to like a serene park by a stream and sitting on a bench with a pad of paper and just being enlightened, like it would just come down like thunder from heaven. It's not quite that, but it has turned out to be almost as impactful for me. Do you take clarity breaks? And if so, have they been impactful? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I probably did it before EOS because I was a big journaler, right? So I tried to reserve a little bit of time every morning to just write in a journal. And I think it's not about writing, it's about just like letting your thoughts come out and flow. And like to me, I just believe when you create space, your mind will fill it. And whatever comes out, it's really important to understand like that you have to capture that somehow and it has meaning. It's not just garbage that comes out, right? It's something that would never come out unless you kind of opened up a gap or created a vacuum or a space that your mind says, okay, I'm gonna fill it. And I think it's really taking a part of our mind, you know, the subconscious, unconscious mind, the things that are, you know, rattling around in our head that sometimes we can't articulate unless and until we have quiet, we have a moment where we can block out all this craziness that is happening around us, whether it's our own lives or, you know, just the world, media, you know, all this crazy stuff happening. So yeah, I really think a clarity break to me is really fundamental. And one thing I'll add, you know, I learned from Coach Bob, Bob Schenefeld, he calls it take five, and he just got this worksheet. And it's literally something to do that you can even share with other people, right? Hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is my stresses. This is the problem that I'm facing, right? And this is who I want to be. And so it's really a framework to focus our energies. And then I love the ability to share, you know, some of those things with other people, especially if they're team members, right? You know, being a leader doesn't mean that you're this just iron wall and what you say goes and then you can't interact with people. I think it's important for people to understand what's the leader feeling or what am I feeling like? How am I doing right? If I have anxiety about something, if I just wall it off and nobody ever knows, even if it's outside of work, it can harm workplace performance. And sometimes people just need to know like, hey, this is what's going on. I went to a funeral yesterday. You know, something happened to me or this customer had this conversation and it really affected me. So I think sometimes it's important to, one, identify it in ourselves, and then, two, communicate some of those things to other people. Yeah, I I agree completely. And for me, it's interesting because I don't go to a stream, like I said, but I will sit in a quiet place in my house, right, with a cup of coffee. And I do, you know, put away the computer, right, and I'll have just a pad of paper. And what is interesting is 
when I go to take a clarity break, is usually I'm motivated to do it in times of high stress or when I feel overwhelmed or I feel confused or fog of war, they call it. And in my head, when I go into a clarity break, I feel like there's about 150 things that are swirling in my head that are bothering me, that are just causing me stress. And in reality, when I go to write them down and I ask simple questions like, what is causing me stress? What is not working? What must be fixed? What has to change? What's going well? I put that down too. When I get done writing down the issues, there's only like usually eight or nine, right? It's not 150, but it feels like 150. But just getting them on paper is therapeutic just in and of itself. And I do it. Sometimes they're business issues. Sometimes they're personal issues. I have them both. And then I will look at them and decide, okay, what can I do about these, right? And some of them, I just need to tell somebody something, right? I need to have a conversation I've been avoiding. Some of them, I just need to get more intentional. Like I was gaining weight. I put that down. Well, I need to need more intentional. So I started tracking my fitness routine, right? Some of them are out of my control, right? And for me, I let those go. I leave those to God. I let them go. You know, and then others are long-term issues that I may have to work on over time. But the clarity I feel, like the weight being lifted is amazing to me when I get it down on paper. And I guess as a journaler, that makes sense to me. You were in the habit already. So this isn't a new idea. Like most things in EOS, it's just a regular habit that you've gotten into. Yeah, I also think having a structure to it too, whether it's, you know, doing it on a certain schedule in the mornings, right? Things like that. That's important because sometimes you, time. you need to do it, but you won't set aside time to do it because you have all this uncertainty in all these other places. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back. We've got another segment to go. And after the break, I want to wrap up that thought on Clarity Breaks. And we're going to talk about your books a little bit. And we're going to also talk about what inspires John. So we're looking for inspirational movie, uh, song, movie scene, song, poem, could be anything. We want to know what inspires you, John. So we're coming back right after this. You're listening to Getting Your Grip on the Michigan Business Network. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back, everybody, to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you're with us. John Mashney is my guest. John is an attorney with Taylor English Duma. He's an adjunct professor at Western Michigan, the Western Michigan University. He's an author. He's an advisor to businesses, to entrepreneurs, to artists. John does a lot of things. And he operates his various business endeavors on EOS. And we're talking about EOS tools. And John, in the last segment, we talked about a couple of really important tools and had a conversation about core values. I want to talk a little bit about Clarity Breaks, because the Clarity Break is an impactful tool that when I first heard about it, I thought, yeah, I don't know if I get that, right? Because people would say to me, EOS implementers and others would be like, well, Clarity Break. 
you know, I had this vision of going to like a serene park by a stream and sitting on a bench with a pad of paper and just being enlightened. Like it would just come down like thunder from heaven. It's not quite that, but it has turned out to be almost as impactful for me. Do you take clarity breaks? And if so, have they been impactful? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I probably did it before EOS because I was a big journaler, right? So I tried to reserve a little bit of time every morning to just write a journal. And I think it's not about writing. It's about just like letting your thoughts come out and flow. And like to me, I just believe when you create space, your mind will fill it. And whatever comes out, it's really important to understand like that you have to capture that somehow and it has meaning. It's not just garbage that comes out, right? It's something that would never come out unless you kind of opened up a gap or created a vacuum or a space that your mind says, okay, I'm going to fill it. And I think it's really taking a part of our mind, you know, the subconscious, unconscious mind, the things that are, you know, rattling around in our head that sometimes we can't articulate unless and until we have quiet, we have a moment where we can block out all this craziness that is happening around us, whether it's our own lives or, you know, just the world, media, you know, all this crazy stuff happening. So yeah, I really think a clarity break to me is really fundamental. And one thing I'll add, you know, I learned from Coach Bob, Bob Shenafel, he calls it a take five, and he just got this worksheet. And it's literally something to do that you can even share with other people, right? Hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is my stresses. This is the problem that I'm facing, right? And this is who I want to be. And so it's really a framework to focus our energies. And then I love the ability to share, you know, some of those things with other people, especially if they're team members, right? You know, being a leader doesn't mean that you're just just iron wall and what you say goes and then you can't interact with people. I think it's important for people to understand what's the leader feeling or what am I feeling like? How am I doing right? If I have anxiety about something, if I just wall it off and nobody ever knows, even if it's outside of work, it can harm workplace performance. And sometimes people just need to know like, hey, this is what's going on. I went to a funeral yesterday. You know, something happened to me or this customer had this conversation and it really affected me. So I think sometimes it's important to, one, identify it in ourselves, and then, two, communicate some of those things to other people. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And for me, it's interesting because I don't go to a stream, like I said, but I will sit in a quiet place in my house, right, with a cup of coffee. And I do you know, put away the computer, right, and I'll have just a pad of paper. And what is interesting is when I go to take a clarity break is usually I'm motivated to do it in times of high stress or when I feel overwhelmed or I feel confused or fog of war, they call it. And in my head, when I go into a clarity break, I feel like there's about 150 things that are swirling in my head that are bothering me, that are just causing me stress. And in reality, when I go to write them down and I ask simple questions like, what is causing me stress? What is not working? What must be fixed? What has to change? What's going well? I put that down too. When I get done writing down the issues, there's only like usually eight or nine, right? It's not 150, but it feels like 150. But just getting them on paper is therapeutic just in and of itself. And I do it sometimes they're business issues, sometimes they're personal issues. I have them both. And then I will look at them and decide, okay, what can I do about these, right? And some of them, I just need to tell somebody something. Right, I need to have a conversation I've been avoiding. Some of them, I just need to get more intentional. Like I was gaining weight. I put that down. Well, I need to need more intentional. So I started tracking my fitness routine, right? Some of them are out of my control. 
right? And for me, I let those go. I leave those to God. I let them go. You know, and then others are long-term issues that I may have to work on over time. But the clarity I feel, like the weight being lifted is amazing to me when I get it down on paper. And I guess as a journaler, that makes sense to me. You were in the habit already. So this isn't a new idea. Like most things in EOS, it's just a regular habit that you've gotten into. Yeah, I also think having a structure to it too, whether it's, you know, doing it on a certain schedule in the mornings, right? Things like that. That's important because sometimes you, time. you need to do it, but you won't set aside time to do it because you have all this uncertainty in all these other places. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back. We've got another segment to go. And after the break, I want to wrap up that thought on Clarity Breaks. And we're going to talk about your books a little bit. And we're going to also talk about what inspires John. So we're looking for inspirational movie, uh, song, movie scene, song, poem, could be anything. We want to know what inspires you, John. So we're coming back right after this. You're listening to Getting Your Grip on the Michigan Business Network. 